when I think about the goodness of Jesus and everything that he has done for me, my soul just has to cry out. I don't know about you, but my past wasn't your past. It wasn't a lot of glitz and glamour. It was on the streets hanging with thugs. But when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, the friends that I hung with end up being on drugs. Some don't even remember my name, but when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, when I should have been dead and gone, but yet God has kept me. When I should have been dead in my grave, but yet the Lord allowed me to see another day. So, Lord, I love you more than anything. I don't know about your past, but my past was in the muck and the morrow, but yet he picked me up and turned me around and placed my feet on solid ground. So I say, Lord, I love you more than anything. I don't know about you, but my past dealt with drugs and alcohol, but he took all of that away. And so now I can say, Lord, I love you more than anything. I don't know about you, but my past dealt with addiction and affliction. But at the end of the day, God had picked me up out of the muck and murray. And so, Lord, I love you more than anything. I don't know what these songs means to you, but it means an awful lot to me because I've been all over and searched all over and could not find nothing, nobody in comparison to our Lord. And so, Lord, I love you. I'm not ashamed about it, but I'm grateful for it. Because when I can tell somebody my story, if somebody is struggling with the same issues I've had, just how I got over the same God will get you over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To look in this congregation and see my mother here and my sister here and my husband here and my daughter here and my son here. That is nothing but the grace of God. So, Lord, I love you. The jailhouse doesn't have my kids. I'm not a grandmother before my time. Lord, I love you. When I look at the precious gift of this church and this body of Christ, Lord, I love you. When I look at the associate ministers who are on one accord, not bickering and fighting and being judgmental, but pray for each other and encourage each other. Lord, I love you. When we have loving deacons and stewards and trustees and ushers, and Lord, I love you. Sometimes we take for granted the simple things. We come in with our faces all turned up about issues of life. And yet God has blessed us exceedingly and abundantly above anything that we could even ask or think. Glory to God. I'm going to jump right into the text. Because the word of God tells us to bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. It sounds like I don't need to come with no weak praise because I don't serve a weak God. I serve a God that is amazing. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He is Jehovah. 
He is the self-existent one. He does not have a birth certificate, nor will he ever have a death certificate. But he will reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, have your way in this place. Move by your spirit. Lord, I pray that I don't preach to impress, but preach to impart a word from you on this morning. That someone may leave here better off than they came. And that someone may cry out, what must I do to be saved, to know this Jesus? And we will celebrate the more in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Giving honor to God and to our pastor in his absence, to the preachers of the gospel, our deacons, officers, members, and brothers and sisters in the Lord. The text, Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy life from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles? Hmm. In this Black History Month, one thing that we do, even though we only have a month, which we should have a whole year, is take time to reflect on our past, the slave trade, the suffering, the torture of our ancestors, the struggle for equality and civil rights. We reflect on the struggles over 400 years and counting of the social injustice and things that we are still facing today. We look to the past with intention to remember not only what has happened, but also how we have become overcomers. Studying history is important because it allows us to understand our past, which in turn allows us to understand our present and focus on our future. Because if we don't understand our history, we're destined to repeat it. It's almost like that story we heard in the church years and years again where the youngest child is trying to cook a pot roast and cuts off the ends of the pot roast, not knowing why she's cutting off the ends. But she did it because her mother did so and asked her mother, and her mother says, well, I don't know, I always cut off the ends because grandmom said so. And when you talk to grandmom, she said, well, I cut the ends off because my pot was too small. <laughs> and yet, if we don't learn from our past, we end up doing things in our present, which really makes no sense because we don't understand the reasoning of why we do what we do. For some of us, none of us will never sit on the back of a bus because we understand the struggle of Rosa Parks. For some of us, there's a number of things that we just said we refuse to tolerate because we know what has happened. If we, if we see that there's an election coming up, I will press my way to vote because I know somebody died to give us the right to. But not only do we have a, a black past, but we also have our own personal pasts. And the word of God gives us instruction on being mindful on what we should remember, as well as things we should forget. In this pericope, it is understood that 
It was written by King David, one who slew giants. He was at times victorious, but also he had fallen moments. I can understand why he would document these words when reading about his affliction, that he was encouraging himself to bless the Lord. And God had already blessed him with so many things. He was called to be a king. And in 2 Samuel 7, that the word of God says that he took him from pasture of tending flock and appointed him to be a ruler over Israel. He was blessed. He said, I have been with you wherever you have gone and have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now I will make your name great like the names of the greatest men on earth. What a blessing from God. And yet at this time, we find that he has time where he needs to encourage himself in the Lord. Because how many of us know that we have seasons of ups and downs and highs and lows where every now and then we just need to encourage our own self? And he defeated Moabites and Ammonites and the Philistines. And, and at times there were moments where he also had personal failure. He had a relationship that he shouldn't have had, which caused issue upon issue that ended in result of a death of someone that was innocent. It happens to all the best of us that at times, with everything that God has blessed us with, though we tend to forget the goodness of God. Hmm. David is found here exhorting, encouraging himself in the Lord. And he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. And all that was within me is more than just to lift your hand up. It's, it's more than just to open your mouth to give God praise. But when we've truly blessed the Lord, it's with our inner being. It's from the pit of our souls that we lift up holy hands and praise a mighty God. He says it again in verse 2. He says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. In other words, he, this is not vain re re repetition. This is something that he's making an emphasis. Let me say this again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. So he's given us a, a reason to bless God. He says, he says, first of all, you don't even have to bless for the things he's done yet. You can just bless him because he's God. If you have a relationship with God and you know what he's done for you, you know who he is, you just bless him just because he's God all by himself. If he doesn't do anything else, he's already worthy to get the blessings that belongs to him. He is worthy of all the glory and all the honor. And so he says, bless his holy name. So first of all, we need to understand his name is Jehovah. Because he is, like I said, the self-existent one. He, he, he existed before time even began, and he will be here forever and evermore. And he's immutable, which means he doesn't change. He always remains the same. He is an all-knowing, omnipresent, and omnipotential, omnipotent God, which means he has all power in his hands. Well, maybe that's not enough for you because I don't see anybody raising any hands yet. So then he says, so maybe the name isn't enough. You know, and sometimes, you know, when you're used to hanging with, you know, I love my mom. Every day, hey, mom, I, I don't can't say I praise her every morning, but I love her. So maybe I got to think about the blessings and the benefits that I get with this relationship with this God. And he starts off with the greatest need that we have, and that is forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Now, if you were to write out a list of your iniquities, 
starting from the time you were born to today, I see some facial expressions in here, my Lord. How long would the list be? Let me see now, there's 365 days in a year. Some folk are over 30, some over 40, some over 50. So if you documented a list of every sin, what would the number come up to? <laughs> Somebody said infinity. That means if you want to live forever and just sin every day. <laughs> and yet he says that he will forgiveth all thine iniquities. That's something that is unbelievable because we don't deserve to be forgiven. And if we forget that we are forgiven, what happens is we keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. He learned from his mistakes. He suffered from his mistakes. But he said that God has forgiven him. So imagine this. I, 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 years ago, my brother, thank God he's not here. My brother and I went out to a party. My, my father gave us instruction, be home by 11 o'clock. Now he knows we're going to be late. So he already is going to extend grace anyhow, but he told us 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock rolls around. Bro, you, you going home? Nah, they probably sleep. We'll wait till 1130. 11.30 comes around. Bro, well, let's wait till 12. They still sleep. I fell asleep in the corner in a chair somewhere. When I woke up, it was 4 in the morning. By four in the morning, I said, bro, he said, yeah, we in trouble now. We might as well just stay for the rest of the night because we ain't getting out of this. So instead of going and confessing, we kept getting ourselves in more and more trouble till seven o'clock in the morning and then had the nerve to go home like we didn't do nothing. What happens when you don't realize that God has already extended forgiveness to you before you even went out to do what you were going to do? You are already forgiven. If you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, right? It says we shall be saved, right? And if we confess, God is faithful to forgive us of what? All unrighteousness. The word of God tells us that he forgives all of your iniquities. So we don't have to walk around thinking that we're in trouble all the time. Like we might as well, listen, pastors talked about this on Wednesday. Sin is going to be there. You can try to do whatever you want, but at the end of the day, we're still going to struggle with it, right? Until we go home to be in glory, we're going to struggle with it. God already knows we're going to make mistakes, but guess what? He already paid the sacrifice for the sins that we had. He paid the debt. And so he says that one of the benefits we have is that our sin is forgiven all iniquities. Do you, I, don't, so I don't know, maybe you don't have a long list of sins, but my sins were great. So imagine how good God is that no matter how bad we do over and over again, God is able to forgive us. Now, the word of God does tell us, does that mean that we continue to sin? Heaven forbid. No, we do not. That doesn't give us a, a sin pass. In other words, that doesn't mean, all right, well, tomorrow he's going to forgive me, so I'm going to just go ahead. No, eventually God will allow you to be turned over to a reprobate mind if you keep going in a direction you don't need to go. 
But what happens is when we take off the old self and put on the new self in Christ, we become new creatures. Old things are passed away and behold, all things have come new. He removes these sins from, and he says that he will put them in a sea of forgetfulness to remember no more. So we don't have to walk around feeling convicted and guilty and upset. We can walk forward in the glory of God. So, I, so, so, so he forgives all thine iniquities. Now, there, there's a couple kinds of guilt. There's conviction, where the Holy Spirit will let you know what you're doing is wrong. He's going to let you know before you even get there. Say, uh, Sam, you don't, you, you, you don't want to go down this road. That's, that, that's, that's conviction. Now, if you, you, you jump into that, then whatever happens, happens. But then there's also condemnation where the enemy wants to keep telling you, you messed up. You ain't going to get yourself together. You're never going to amount to anything. You're never going to be anything. But God is saying that is not so. If we have a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he will forgive our sins. We are to confess and repent. Repent means a U-turn. So in other words, you don't keep doing the same thing you're doing, but eventually you have to turn around. So that's one of the blessings. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm happy about that, that my past isn't going to look like my future, but that he has washed the slate clean. And then he, he goes on and reminds us that we are forgiven, that our, with our nature, there are things that we should forget, but we keep on remembering. You ever had something that was bad that, was, that you did, and you're trying to move on, but you keep rehearsing in the past what you've done? God doesn't want us to be living in a life of regret. If I had only made this decision, if only I had stepped in, if only I had turned the other way, if only I had left that fool alone, if only I had stayed, if only I had paid that bill, if only I had listened to God, if only I had walked away, if only I had prayed first, if only if I had kept my mouth shut, if only if I had opened my mouth up, if only I had taken heed to the warnings, the mistakes have already happened. And it's already said and done. But at the end of the day, God says that he has washed that slate clean. And you need to learn to forgive your own self and move forward. How can you move forward when you know that God, is, he's already covering us? There are so many in life that we could have better in rejoicing in him than walking around feeling that we are condemned. Verse 10 says, he has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us for what we have done for our iniquities. God never punishes us so that we deserve to be punished. But in his wrath, he thinks on mercy. He extends grace and mercy to us. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards them that fear him. So just remember, first of all, that you're forgiven. That God, if you will just confess your sins unto the Lord and repent, you shall be forgiven. God is reminding us that when we continue to think on our mistakes, that he's forgiven us already for them. Stop rehashing those old moments and move forward. You can't change the past. 
but don't allow it to dictate your future. Be careful that you don't keep on sinning, but yet you got to move forward in the Lord. And not only does he say that he forgives our sins, but that he heals our diseases. How many in here have been healed by the blood of the lamb? We can do better than that. He's forgiving us, and then he heals our diseases. It's interesting because in the Bible, a lot of biblical writers tend to pose a pre-scientific view of illness and see the external forces playing a significant cause with being sick. Back then, doctors didn't have test tubes examining blood smears on glass or examined through a microscope, but many times it was thought that the illness would bring on was brought on by sin. Exodus 15, 26 says, I will not bring on you any disease that I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals. Deuteronomy 28 and 1 says, illness was a result of consequences of disobeying God. Sometimes, some illness we bring on our own selves. Even Jesus said, and when we were talking about um, in 2 Corinthians, or when we were talking about communion, what does he say? If that if we um, eat this, that sometimes, in the, if we're not eating it in the right spirit, that we bring condemnation among ourselves, not discerning the Lord's body. And so now we're at a point here where we have to realize that some illnesses are from sin. Not all. You remember Job's story. Job was minding his business. Devil was going to and fro trying to figure out what, what he was going to do. And God said, try my faithful servant Job. Same with Paul. Paul said, Lord, only if you could remove this thorn from my flesh. And yet he says, my grace is sufficient. And so what happens when we struggle with illness and tendencies of being sick? God says that we still could go to the master on our illnesses. The word of God says that when you are sick, that what does it say? Take them to the elders and pray over them that you may be healed. There's still power that is on high to heal us. And so what happens when we are struggling with that thorn in our flesh? Sometimes God just wants us to know that his grace is sufficient for us. It's something about when you can have pain in your body, but God's grace is what carries you through. It's something about when you're going through, but it's God's grace that keeps you and sustains you. God's grace keeps you. And yet and still there are times when if you just press your way and just be like that woman who had an issue of blood, that God will heal you of all of your infirmities. I'll tell you one thing, regardless what the report the doctor tells me, at the end of the day, when you take it over to the Lord, guess what? There's no greater doctor that can heal and set you free. And I'd rather be on the Lord's side praying for an illness than sitting here wondering what's going to happen tomorrow. I'd rather be on the Lord's side who's able to pick me up and restore me. I'd rather be on the Lord's side that could continue to change things in my body and allow me to walk whole. God has made it so he wants us to walk in wholeness. Even in the midst of and in spite of that, we be whole in him. So we are healed 
And we are healed from the guilt of the sins through the cross. We are healed because Jesus has the power to make us whole. And I'm excited because now I only have to, don't think about just my sin issue. I don't think about my ailment, but also that he redeems our life from destruction. In other words, and, and the reference sometimes is talking about a pit. Now, the word of God describes a pit as a number of things. A pit is described as a dark hole, as in Joseph in Genesis 37, 22. The pit is referenced as a grave where bodies are disposed. In Psalm 88, 6, the pit is referenced as a dark and deep place. Psalm 42 is described as mucky. In Psalm 39, you can no longer praise God because of where this pit is. It is also referred to as Sheol, or the place of darkness and death. At the end of the day, I don't want to be near no pit. Amen. And so the, at the end of the day, God restores us and he redeems us and saves us from a life of destruction. I don't know about you, but what happens here is just temporary. But where we're going to be with the Lord is forever. And if there was a choice of being in a pit or being in a palace, I choose a palace any day. And so God has redeemed us from the pit. And now he's granted mercy on us for what we deserved and he gave us grace what we didn't deserve. He's granted us mercy. He secured our future so that our last days are not in the pit. And then he says, who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that you're renewed like an eagle's wings? Now this is, this is where it gets really good. You don't have to worry about the sin issue if you turn it over to the master, right? Turn it over to the Lord. Leave it there. Amen. You don't have to worry about um, the pit because Jesus died so that we would have life eternal, right? The Bible tells us that for God so loved the world, he gave us his only begotten son. Whoever believes him shall not perish, but have everlasting life, right? So we are saved from the pit. We are saved from destruction and eternal damnation. And then he says, he satisfies our mouth with good things so that the youth is renewed like an eagle. In other words, God blesses us with stuff we don't even deserve. You know, disease in the body is things that, is, it means it's something that's abnormal that's in your body. It's something that shouldn't be there. And just like physical issues as cancers and certain type of ailments that we may have, high blood pressure and things like that, where things aren't stable, there are some things in the spirit man that are also there that should not be there. Envy causes you to walk unstable because now you're envious of somebody else when God only wants you to focus on his blessings. Right? Holding a grudge to somebody causes you to be unstable because it's something that doesn't belong in the body that God has created fearfully and wonderfully made. There's hate that's in the body that causes it to be kind of mucky and, and messed up because you're not walking in the love and the light of God that God has called you to be. There's so many things that's in our bodies that is diseased also in the spirit man. And God is also saying that he's cleaning that up also so you don't have to walk out being upset, that you don't have to grudge, have a grudge against somebody that done something, has done something to you. Because if he's forgiven all of yours, you are supposed to forgive somebody else. 
So he's trying to also find a way not to heal the physical man, but heal the spiritual man. And so when he gives us good things and renews us, it's almost like when we think about eagles' wings. Eagles go through molting processes, right? Where they lose feathers. The feathers that they have helps them to fly. But when they lose the feathers, our creator has an amazing way of causing them to recover the feathers that they lost. It's a molting process where things are taken off that are no longer beneficial and he's blessing you with something else that can cause you to gain higher altitude. Stay with me for a minute, if you will. So what happens here is that we have these, these, these it's almost like these life, think of, of eagle's wings. And on one of these wings that is dropping off is envy. He replaces it with love. One of those wings might be anger. He, re he replaces it with peace. One of those wings may be uh, that you're jealous, but he's replacing that with the joy of the Lord. One of those wings may be something that has been causing you to struggle for year after year, but yet he's re 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 raising you up to, to a higher place. He says he's renewing your wings as eagles. And so I think about the things that God has taken away from me. Because God tells us a couple things. He says that we ought to remember the blessings that God has given us. But, th but then in 2 Corinthians, he tells Paul, um, uh, or forget those things, right? So you, you're supposed to remember, but you're supposed to forget. So what do you remember and what do you forget? Because he's saying forget those things that are behind and press towards the prize. But he's saying, but never forget what the Lord has done for you. So it's kind of like, you, well, wait, wait, what am I supposed to be doing here, right? I, I think about the, the, my, my, my mother when I was coming up when I was young, and she used to buy me Christmas would be, have tons of toys and things around the tree. And around for, I guess, till I was 17, well, 16, after a while, you know, I was just an outfitter too. And out of all those years, and out of all those, that time she invested, there was five things I can remember. I can remember a little tea set where I played with dolls and had my tea set. I can remember a pair of Jordache jeans. They were blue, size 12, maybe 10. I had a name belt. I had a Zim Zam game that you played outside with paddles. And I had a Rock'em Sock'em robot. And I said to myself, as much as she blessed me, why do I only remember those five things? I know she's gave me, you know, if I look through photo, it's, it's so much more than that. So how can we forget the good things that God has done for us? And we're really supposed to forget the bad things. So the, the bad things, the sins and stuff that we've done, we're supposed to forget all that. If we want to move forward, Paul, at the time, you know, he was a persecutor of Jews. He, God said, forget that. Forget all that past you've done. Forget all that. You can't move forward when you keep thinking about what you've done five, ten years ago. But how can I keep forgetting how my mom blessed me? And I said, you know what? I don't get this, God. How can I forget all the blessings that we're talking about in this text? Salvation and restoration, justification, sanctification. How can I forget this? But when God is good all the time, 
It's easy to forget. Now, now, for example, if you always go out to dinner with somebody and that person always picks up the tab, the next time you go out to dinner, hear me, Aaron, next time you go out to dinner, when when a check come around, you ain't going in your pocket. Because guess what? You already know that God is going to bless you. So what happens is you have this expectation that, well, I deserve it. Anyhow, you're going to give it to me. And God has been so good and blessed us over and over and over again that when he blesses us so much, we got so used to it that it's like, come on, God. This is it's nothing like anything else. We just get up and go on our way. You woke us up this morning. Thank you. You started us on our way because he's good like that all the time. But if you had somebody that took you out that never treated you to nothing, and all of a sudden they pay, you ain't never going to forget that moment. Do you believe such and such paid my tab? He don't never come out of his wallet. But when God is a good God that blesses us over and over and over again, it's easy to forget. But I don't know about you. One of the benefits that I will never forget is that he woke me up this morning. And he started me on my way. He allowed me to be clothed in my right mind. He allowed me to know who I am and whose I am. And so what I realized is with the gifts of my mama is there's some things that she gave me, they just don't fit no more. I don't have the Jordan's jeans because they don't fit. The name belt that had to move a little bit is just not big enough no more. I might be a little bit too mature for the rock'em sock'em robots, but God has gifts for us that we can't outgrow. God has gifts for us that does not ever die out. God has gifts for us that will always fit and take shape. God has gifts for us that will keep us in perfect peace. God has gifts for us that will never break down. God will have gifts for us that will never go outside, out of style. And I'm so glad that he did. And so I'm glad that he took away all those things that were not like him and allowed me to walk in the inheritance that he has called me to. So now because God has set me free, there's no chains holding me. Now that God has set me free, we have access to the master. We are adopted children of God. We have obtained an inheritance. We are an elect according to foreknowledge. We become sons of God. We are, have a heavenly kingdom. We are joint heirs with Christ. We are new creatures. We are priests. We are reconciled to God. We are sanctified because of the blood of the Lamb. We are accepted and beloved. We are baptized in one body. We are buried with him, but we are glorified with him. We can put on Christ. We now have eternal life. We have peace that the world can't give and peace that the world can't take away. We have called his friends. We are written in the Lamb's book of life. God has imputed us righteousness and our names are written in heaven. We have a blessed hope. He made us to sit together. He fellowships with us and in my father's house there's a room with my name on it because he goes to prepare a place for us. I'm born again, born of the spirit that he may abide in me and I in him. He are sealed until 
to the day of redemption. We have also had the Holy Spirit to walk with us and talk with us and tell us that we are his own. We're justified by faith, redeemed in the Lord, that the Spirit will dwell in us, that the enemy won't have dominion over us, but that Satan will be our footstool. We have an advocate, which is the Father, is Jesus Christ. And so we, now we can go on as the ambassadors that Christ has called us to be. We can walk in Jerusalem just like John. He will supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory. He can be, continue to do a work in us. The Lord is my helper. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my shepherd. He will abide with us forever and we with him. And like the eagle, God will take that confusion and give you a sound mind. He can take pain and replace it with comfort. He can take sorrow and replace it with joy. He can take your past and replace it with grace. Hate can be replaced with love, shame with sanctification, loss with hope, and restlessness with peace. If you forget not the blessings that God has given us, as we stand to our feet, God has saved you. He set you free. From the muck and the mar, for a time such as this, some of you are carrying weight, and your disease is self-inflicted. You're holding on to grudges, resentment, anger, and God does not want us to function like that. He created us fearfully and wonderfully made so that we can walk in the goodness of the Lord. He says to forget those things that are behind and press. You can't press when you have baggage that you're carrying with you of anger, resentment and God wants you to be whole so with every eye closed 